and the Club 400 podcast is on the air. And William, what's going on, my friend? Well, I wanted to just ask you a question, maybe for my birthday, which is coming up next month or Christmas or something. He's reminded me three times about his birthday in the last few days. Can I just do the intro one time? (laughs) Yes, you could. I I mean, I'll have to practice it because I don't have it down like you do, but I love it. Oh, man. Uh, Tonight, uh, we're going to actually... Pull another one from the vault We're here. Going not, back to not, the vault. Not, 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 not the vault. This is freshly in the vault. But yeah. uh, this was our Q&A at Club 400 with the man of steel, Justin Steele. And, William, I think about this all the time. We sold tickets to the Justin Steele event at Club 400, benefiting Rod's Heroes. By the way, we donated that evening $7,200 to Rod's Heroes. And I do want to point out, well, you weren't here that night because you were sick. I was. You did not want to get anybody sick. I didn't sick. want to infect anyone, but and, I'm, and I appreciated that, William. I watched things unfold on the Facebook. And let, let me tell you guys, if you're not feeling good and you bought a Club 400 ticket, don't come. And you know what I'll do? I'll make sure you come to the next event for whatever you paid. It'll be deducted or whatever. Uh, credit. We don't want anybody getting anybody sick I here mean, everybody's in close proximity. I was really sick. I yeah. Mean, it took- Whatever, but so we were, it was up to the minute if William was coming or not, and I was so busy getting ready for the event, I passed the Q and A off that evening to our boy Crawley, and Crawley knocked it out of the park. Didn't he, he always does, yeah. doesn't he? I and, mean, that guy knows so much. And he's to be honest, very, with, very th- good at asking questions. I think he would be better than me, to be honest. Well, you I mean, know, it was going to be me and you, and different. once I lost my uh, wingman, yeah, it's different. Uh, I mean, yeah. I was like, I didn't really, I wasn't prepared to do it, like I. I wasn't with all the stuff that we had leading up to that event. Um, I wasn't prepared, and I, I would have been prepared if you were there because I told you to do a lot of the homework. I'm not sure I've I've recovered from our Q and A we did with Joe Pepitone. I'm still scarred <laughs> from that when he kicked me off the. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But Justin Steele, what a class act! Uh, one unbelievable guy, and uh, and what a guy that's kicking tail and taking the major league by storm. Yeah. He's on a fast track to A, the All-Star Game, and B, the Cy Young Award if he keeps going. Oh, I, uh, I'm i starting to look at tickets got a little, for Seattle. Got a little roughed up in his last start. But, yeah, but you're uh, going to have those, right. and he was sick. I didn't know yeah. that. Did oh, you know he was sick? I did not. Yeah, he, he, he fought through it, and he had one bad inning, basically. Uh, but, yeah, you're going to get, you know, this is the major well, that's league baseball. That's a band box, too, yeah. Houston that they were playing in, so that shouldn't even count. But. I, I did, before we start this Q&A uh, with Crowley and the man of steel, Justin Steele, I, I did want to tell a quick story and also shout, shout out props. But uh, that night, Matt Kammerer, he did a beautiful drawing of uh, Steele, uh, you know, like he always does. And we auctioned off the uh, original so, God bless her soul, Debbie Leviton, who's been a member of Club 400 since day one, started bidding on this. So, and, and another thing, too, you guys might have seen the photos. We surprised, this is important to note, we surprised Justin that evening with his dad, his brother, and his nephew, Roe. And they actually stayed at the Club 400 condo for that entire weekend. Um, and then his mom actually showed up. She got here a little late. She, got, she was on a plane and literally got off at O'Hare and took came straight here wow so i didn't get to introduce her right away she was sitting in the front row of, uh, when we were doing the q a and she was bidding on it against debbie well debbie didn't know who uh, uh justin's mother's name is nikki and she's a great woman uh she didn't know he didn't she didn't know she was bidding against justin's mom oh my gosh so it got all the way up to twenty two hundred dollars wow and debbie won it 
And then when someone, when someone went up to Debbie and said, Debbie, you know who you were bidding against there? And she's like, no. She goes, you were bidding against Justin Steele's mother. And she felt horrible because she, you know. Right. So what does Debbie do? This is an amazing story all around. Debbie goes up to Nikki Steele and gives her the 2200 drawing that Matt Cameron did and said, this is a gift from me to you, Club 100 to you. I mean, she just spent $2,200 and gave it to Nikki Steele. And you know what Nikki did? She said, I'm going to match it. So 44 out of the $7,200 we raised that night because we only sold 65 tickets. Where are you at, Club 400 people? Why why wasn't that event sold out? Sometimes I really question, like, what am I? We can't still sell out a Justin Steele event, but you know what? I don't think people were sold on them like I was, and that party could go down in the all-time history, right, William? Yeah, shout out to Debbie. That's Debbie Leviton. We such, love her. Such an awesome. She's awesome, been here awesome, since awesome day story. one. Yeah. You know, such a great story. Yeah, so I had, I wanted to make sure she got props for that and Nikki too, because like yeah. that was unbelievable. She didn't have to donate another twenty two hundred dollars, but she did, and uh, it was a very successful night. I was sweating bullets thinking because. I, I, I promised them we would raise at least $5,000, but we didn't sell out. So right. reaching that, I, I actually uh, talked to Justin's fiance, um, Libby, uh, the night before, and I, w- I, I told her I was a little bit worried, but I, I said, we'll just see how the night plays out, and we'll, pos- we'll do the best. And we were talking about, well, it's okay if you donate. you know. And I'm like, no, no, that's not the way I want to roll. I want to give the full right. amount that I promised the charity. And thanks to those guys and everybody else who came out to Club 400 that evening, yeah, we gave the Rod Heroes seventy two hundred dollars, and we're going to go out and meet Rod Heroes. Me and you, Willem, the founder and his son, they are actually throwing out the first pitch on Memorial Day, which is Monday, I believe, May twenty eighth. Is that right? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah that sounds. So right. uh, me and William are going to go down there, and they might want to do a story on you, William. Yeah, that, that would be something, wouldn't it? That'd be cool. Because so, what you've done. Do, do you know that Matt Cammer, uh of the the artist, has changed his first name to Map? <laughs> on Twitter? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I kid. Hey, we love Matt Cameron. We do. Uh, he's the greatest. All your artists. Nice are guy. Phenomenal. Just a good person overall. Yeah. Just like all of that. Oh, and if we got a shout out, we got to do one more shout out before we uh, go to the Q&A here. We got a shout out to Ben, Justin's dad. Oh, great guy. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because Great guy. Because he takes your phone call after every Justin Steele start, sometimes before and after. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't even. I didn't, ca- I didn't call him on the last one, but he was in Houston, actually. Right, right. And, yeah. But oh, I'll call him this week. I'll call him. You know, I don't call him right away, but yeah, no, his family is awesome. And, you know, I, I told his mom, I didn't get to spend as much time with her. Uh, she was staying, I think, with Libby, or she had a hotel somewhere else. But uh, yeah, just great all around family. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy that. Uh, you know, he's part of the Club 400 family moving forward, and we're looking for a long, uh, great career from him uh, with the Chicago Cubs. So uh, without further ado, William, what, why don't you announce this? Oh, I would love to. Come on, you're the man. Without further ado, I would like to say thank you to Crawley for filling in for me, and here is Crawley doing the Q&A with the future Cy Young Award winner, Mr. Justin Steele. But before we start, where's John Benedict? Mom's coming up.
Where's my tie man? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for coming out to Club 400 tonight. Give yourself a big round of applause, please. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It wouldn't be possible without all you individuals here in this room, and I really appreciate every single person that's here tonight. Uh, I have a special announcement to make, and I was so happy for Stu to let me do this. We have a lovely cake girlfriend, Rachel, for her 31st birthday. We all wanted to sing happy birthday to Rachel, if we can do that right now. So on my cue, one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Rachel. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> All right, we're going to play two songs, but after that, if I don't hear silence in this place, when Justin's doing his q and I'll personally come back there and beat your ass, all right? <laughs> I, it, the, the voice travels from the back so far, you know? They hear it out there, but we, we have, they have to be quiet, you know? Their voice travels. Check, check. Yeah. But we're going to play, we'll worry about the quietness after these two songs. I want to introduce you guys. Wait, I'm going to do this just for the podcast purposes, and now, then I want you to make some noise, all right? Here we go. We'll cut this in. We are live at Club 400. What do you guys got to say out there? <laughs> Baseball is back, party. It's so good to see all your faces again here as we go to our journey to make $1 million dollars for the best fans in all the sports, you guys, the Cub fans, we are Cub fans helping Cub fans. So tonight, 
We're going to have a great Q&A with my guy. Carly's going to run it. But I want to introduce you to two people up here. Well, Carly's one of them. But my great friend, Danny Rocket, uh, he has the Bleacher Bum Band. If you ever seen those guys play in Chicago, we're going to have to get you guys out to see them. All he does is write Cubs parody songs. To, and they're awesome. Danny is one of the most creative guys I've ever met, and we're proud to have him as part of our mission. So he's going to sing two songs, and then we're going to start with the podcast. This song is actually, I asked him to play this because, well, you can hear it for yourself, all right? Is this loud? Not Check, check. It's not that loud, but... I'm coming back to Wrigley with a ticket in my hand. No ring upon my finger because I am just a fan. And I spent most of my money on sausages and beer. But I was there when they won it that year. A pressured anticipation had the city tightly wrought with a 5-3 combination. The sailing ball was caught. Half a dozen generations who lived to see the day. The Cubs would take the season all the way. Now we're coming back to Wrigley. We're coming back to Wrigley. Their ivy will start growing. The April winds are blowing in today. All the conquerors in triumph bring the foreign trophy home. Like old Caesar on the Appian Way back in ancient Rome. While the cities of the vanquished have to turn around and look. While history's inscribed into the books. Oh, we're coming back to Wrigley. Oh, we're coming back to Wrigley. There'll be no talk of losing while the bleacher bums are boozing by the flags. Oh, we'll pay more for the peanuts. Oh, we'll pay more for the beer. Cause we're paying for the players that can win another year. Cause we're coming back to Wrigley. We're coming back to Wrigley. We're all a little tougher. Let's just go win another one. We're all a little tougher. Let's just go win another one. We're all a little tougher. Let's just go win another one. We're all a little tougher.
So we're coming back to Wrigley. We're coming back to Wrigley. We're coming back to Wrigley. One more time. We're coming back to Wrigley. I'll be, I'll be there tomorrow. So, I'll be coming back to Wrigley. Here's Crawley. Almost. Justin, we wrote you a song. We, we wrote you a song parody. So. This, this is probably, probably written the, uh, the year you were born or something like that. Not, not the lyrics, though. Just don't move. <laughs> and where are my readers? He'll win the game. Wearing a golden chain. Getting cased. Pitching in every fifth day. His ERA. 278 at home. And 240 against the Brewers on the road. He's a pitcher, Justin Steele's throwing strikes. He's awesome, awesome, Steele is our guy. He's awesome, awesome, Steele is our guy. Out at Wrigley, blowing batters away. Ups call strike three. Just inside, caught the plate. His fastball's ablaze. And his sinker's gonna sink. Just is working hard while fans sit and drink. He's a pitcher. Justin steals, throwing strikes. He's awesome, awesome. Steel is our guy. He's a pitcher. Wrigley Field throwing fire. He's awesome, awesome. Steel is our guy. Throwing strikes, throwing strikes. Steel is our guy. Throwing strikes, throwing strikes. Steel is our guy. Steel is our guy. Steel is our guy. How was that, guys, huh? Justin left with a new theme song, huh? <laughs> you know, I was behind the bar earlier. I didn't know she was going to come tonight. Real quick, we're going to start this now. Flanagan, you're at the bar, right? 
Tell everybody to shut it. If they want to talk, go outside. Because your voices carry all the way to here. We can hear you guys talking about me, okay? I could at least, all right? But be, earlier today, this is the most part where I, I think we have to respect the athlete. He, he came out here because of you guys, and we, we're here because of him. And if we can't hear him talk, then what are we doing here in the first place, all right? I mean, I battled this every event I ever go to, and I judge my crowds on... I judge the parties on how good the crowds are. So, I, like, for this next half hour, 40 minutes, please refrain from talking. Go outside. So, that's it. That's my, uh, that's my plea, all right? Thank you guys so much. And, uh, <laughs> and we're going to get you a stool up here, uh, Justin. Uh, can you, you got one? Okay, cool. Crawley's going to run the Q&A. I've been a little bit busy lately, but like I said, I was behind the bar earlier. And I wasn't sure she was going to make it here tonight. But Justin's mom is here. Nikki, can you stand up and say hi to everybody? Just wave, everybody. She's awesome. And, be, and I, I, I can tell you this. Behind every son, there's a great mother. And uh, I think uh, I, I haven't really met you, but I can tell you. I, you give me good vibes. So uh, we're, we're, ha we're, hap we're happy to have you out here. And, uh, like, that was the thing, you guys. Lately, I've been trying to get players out here that have character, you know, people that want to understand what we're doing. That we're here to help people. Uh, we're here to support Justin throughout his career. And that, that, that's really the most important thing. Uh, and I was talking to Olivia upstairs, and she said, you know what? There's nothing like Cub fans. And I'm like, yeah. Why do you think we're here? Because that is what we're here about. It's because we had the greatest fan base in all of sports. And I think Justin's got a good feel for that. Yeah, I do. I do. But everybody, sure. real quick, I want you to give it up for the Man of Steel. Justin Steele! Thank y'all, thank y'all. He's sitting and he's still taller than me. All right, let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me see what I can do here. All right, guys, uh, first of all, thank you all for coming out here, and thank you, Justin, for making it out here. You're a long way up from Lucidale, Mississippi, huh? We are, we are. <laughs> Do me a favor. See, I knew I'd be going to chair her. Do me a favor. Tell us really quick. I know for Stu and I, it was Harry Carey. It was 1984. What was the first memories you have of getting into baseball? Um, probably just growing up playing with my brother and my dad in the yard, doing things along that nature. And then uh, my dad was a Braves fan growing up, so just watching the Braves play. And then every now and then we'd go to Atlanta to catch a game and stuff. So just playing in the yard mainly with my brother is kind of how I fell in love with it. Was there a player that you really idolized on that Atlanta team? Yeah, Tom Glavin. Tom Glavin oh. was my go-to guy. All righty. Now, did you play any other sports growing up besides baseball? Yeah, I played basketball. Basketball. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you're playing, and you played for George County High School. Yeah. I heard the county? The county. What does that mean? It, so in South Mississippi, when you say you're from George County, like everybody knows that's like the county. The county. The county. All right. So uh, you pitched, but you were also a first baseman. Could you yes. hit? Yeah, I could hit. I was going. I was going to college to do both. Okay. Now, now, are you upset about the DH? Do you wish you could still go up there and maybe yes. take a swing? I miss hitting. I miss hitting very much. I was one for one off Gordon Burns. Oh, look. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, for you, when did you really kind of say to yourself, "I could be a baseball player. This is something that's something I can do." Um, when I was really young, uh, kindergarten, the, I remember the teacher asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I drew a picture of a baseball player. I didn't know I was going to be a pitcher, didn't know what I was going to be doing, but I knew I wanted to be a baseball player at a really young age. 
Okay, so you were committed to play at the University of Southern Mississippi, but you were drafted by the Cubs in the fifth round of the 2014 draft. Was there any question in your mind you were going pro, or was there kind of some indecision? Um, for me, if the you know if the number was right, I was going to go and you know bypass college and go ahead and start my professional career because you know my main focus was always on the baseball field and you know school is very important and stuff. But I wanted to go ahead and start my professional career with it. So you're sitting there, you're watching the draft. Who's in the room with you before they call your name? Um, mom was there. My best friend was there. Um, my best friend's mother was there. Um, yeah, that, that was, it was it was really special. I still remember it, um, just hugging my mom. It was a really special moment. Now, they say the Cubs draft you. Do you know anything about the Cubs or Wrigley Field or anything about it at all? Uh, I know Wrigley had a lot of history. I didn't know all the specifics of it. And um, But once I got drafted by the Cubs and got to Arizona and stuff, I started picking up and realizing just how much history was there. And, you know, I kind of just became a sponge and started learning all kinds of stuff. When was the first time you were able to get to Wrigley Field? First time would have been 2000, and it was either 17 or 18 when I was rehabbing Tommy John. I went there for a uh, pre-draft um, combine thing they were doing for high school kids, and, and I went and talked to them and told them, you know, about how good the Cubs organization is with high school athletes and stuff. And um, so I was kind of just, you know, Brennan Davis. Brennan Davis was a part of that high school group. Uh, Cole Roederer. Um, I believe Cole Franklin was also a part of that. So those are a few high school guys they ended up drafting that was in that group that I talked to. Yeah, and, and Brennan and Cole were here uh, mm -hmm. at the Christmas party. We had an absolute blast with them. 2015, you pitch in the affiliate low A at Eugene Emeralds. Then you move up to A-Ball in South Bend to start 2016. But in 2017, you're in Myrtle Beach. You mentioned you had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. How frustrating was that when you had that? And, and how difficult was the process to get back to where you wanted to be? Um, I remember as soon as I kind of had the surgery, you know, I got right to work and uh, just started, you know, wanting to get back on the field as soon as possible. Um, I had a really fast recovery. Um, I was back in games at like eight or nine months uh, post-surgery. So I was trying to get back in the games as fast as I possibly could and put myself in a position where, you know, the big league club needed me. And you come back in 2018, you start out, you know, in Myrtle Beach and then you go to the Smokies. 2019, you're at the Smokies again. You're 0-6 with a 5.59 ERA over 11 starts. Mm -hmm. And then your 2020 season was canceled due to COVID. Did the Cubs talk to you about a plan, something you wanted to work on while they were still trying to figure out what was going to happen with baseball? Um, I remember the that next spring training, I was in big league camp. It was either my first or second big league camp. And then once we came to the field, COVID happened, everything was canceled. And uh, I went home for the summer, you know, was just hanging out and stuff. And then once they kind of firing the season back up, they um, sent me to the alternate site, taxi squad or whatever. And uh, I started pitching there against our guy, the other hitters that we had on the taxi squad and stuff. And I started really performing there. And then uh, that's when they ended up, you know, calling me up and putting me in the bullpen. And then uh, from there, kind of just took off. And that alt site was in South Bend. And there yeah, was a crazy Bend. amount of really good players there. That had yeah. to have been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So now that you're there, was there any time you, you were originally, like I said, fastball, four-seamer, I think, curveball. Mm -hmm. When did the slider become part of, your, part of your arsenal? It was at that alt site. It was um, leading into that right before COVID happened. They told me they wanted me to start working on a slider, so I started you know, just throwing sliders. It wasn't too big of an adjustment for me. I could always kind of spin the ball. Um, always had feel with curveballs, so throwing a slider was kind of second nature for me, and I just picked it right up. And so... Was, how much work have you done in the pitch lab, and what what have you picked up while you were working at the pitch lab? 
Um, I don't do much in the pitch lab per se. They they get me in there to look at numbers and make sure everything's up to speed and whatnot. But um, as far as me, I use the eye test uh, for a lot of things. Like I can use my eyes, and if I'm in the lab, I can pretty much tell them like you know that's gonna register pretty good on the computer or whatever. So I I like to use my eyes. Nice. And so you were called up by the Cubs, but you didn't get to pitch. You got sent back mm -hmm. down, but then you were called back up again. You make your debut in Milwaukee on April 12th as a reliever. How much of that game do you remember? Against the Brewers, right? Mm -hmm. Andrew Chafin's getting knocked around, six runs, and you came in, and, and the first batter you faced, you remember who it was or no? No. Daniel Robertson, strikeout. Yeah, I remember it was a strikeout. I didn't, I didn't know who I was facing. I, I know it was a right-handed hitter. Was mom there or anybody else? Yeah, she was at the next one. Because it, right. it was a last-minute call-up. It was like they, they called me up, and I had to drive from South Bend to Milwaukee, and I pitched like that night. Wow. So you are sitting there, and you come out of the bullpen, and you start pitching out of the bullpen April, May, and you hurt your am hamstring. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back with the Cubs, it's in August, and you're coming back and you start a game. Was that the plan all along that, to make you a starter? Um, I think the Cubs have always had ideas of me being a starting pitcher um, ever since they drafted me and stuff. And then post uh, Tommy John surgery and then the season getting canceled and stuff, it kind of just made them sen made sense for them to kind of groom me in the big leagues uh, as a reliever, let me get my feet wet in that sense. And then um, when the hamstring happened, it was kind of just weird timing because they were um, we were going through a transition, and then um, they send me down, you know. We're going to get you built up to four or five innings, and then when we call you back up, you'll be in the rotation. So ever since then, I just haven't really looked back. Now, in 2022, you got the lockout. You got a shortened season. You're competing for a spot in the rotation. You had Hendricks, Stroman, Miley, and Smiley, and then a couple guys were competing for that fifth starter spot. It was you, Alex Mills, Keegan Thompson. What was your approach that spring as you tried to lock down a spot in that rotation? It was just to go out there and compete, get outs, just show what I could do on the daily basis or every fifth, fifth to the sixth day basis, you know, or, I mean, if they needed me in the bullpen at the time, you know, I was completely open. I just wanted to help the big league club in some way. Now, our friend Bo from A Million Cubs Cards is not here, but I understand you are a big card collector. Yeah, I love How did you get into that? And, and, and tell us about how that hobby's kind of been fun for you. Uh, me and my brother, we were collecting sports cards at a young age. Um, and then uh, we, we had a ton of cards. And then when the COVID year happened, the uh, hobby kind of fired back up. People started get, getting really back into it. So me and, me and my brother went through our old collection. We found a ton of valuable cards that we had from when we were kids, and that kind of just set a fire on us. And then we, I just started buying cards and stuff. And now I'm into NFL, UFC. Like, I'm a big sports guy. I'm always watching sports, so I love collecting cards. And when, when you collect cards, you like to collect cards of players that you've played against or, or with, all of that? Uh, I usually don't do baseball too much. I, no. Yeah, I, I usually do NFL, UFC. Um, baseball time to time, and it's usually like people that I know. It's not for me like uh, like wanting like a valuable card. It's like more so like it's cool because I played with this guy. Right. And as you sit here and you play against these players, was there ever a moment where you're facing a hitter and you you say, "Oh my God, I can't believe it! I I watched that guy on TV. I thought that guy was the best." Something that kind of blew you away a little bit while you were on the mound. I really don't have the moments on the mound. Like I. I, I'm usually just zoned in with the catcher, just like not paying attention to who's really in the box. All right. 2022, you make the rotation, you're in there, there's injuries, you get to play, and you have a pretty good first half. Mm -hmm. But the second half, your numbers were ridiculous. How about this? .98 ERA in 36.2 innings, 47 strikeouts, holding batters to a .235 average. You were... 
In terms of ERA, you were the best pitcher in baseball in the second half last year. Do you feel like that there was something that clicked for you or something that just started working for you? What, what do you think kind of you would attribute that to? I mean, I think all season long I was uh, constantly making the right adjustments, making the um, right reads and, you know, reading swings, just paying attention and learning from each and every start. And I kind of felt like even before that second half happened, there was things happening in the first half that kind of led up to that second half happening in, in the fashion that it did. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, you know, a month leading into the All-Star break, I really started figuring some stuff out, started, you know, honing in my delivery and, you know, becoming more consistent and then, I'd say that second half was just kind of a product of it. Now, you were very much featured at Cubs convention this year, but I kind of I thought you were at Cubs convention before, right? Yeah, that was my third one. So how did it feel, though, this time around, kind of being a featured guy and being all those panels? How much did you enjoy it, and how crazy are these Cub fans? I enjoy CubsCon a lot. It's, it's always fun going up there. You know, it's always good to go and, you know, get your energy up before spring training starts because the fans are always bringing the energy at CubsCon. Now... As a pitcher, you had to have been excited when all of a sudden you're kind of watching, and I don't know if you get text or you're watching it or whatever, but all the new signings that the Cubs have, and guys that are not only good offensively, but gold glove caliber guys. As a pitcher, how great is it to have all the, whether you're talking about Dansby, Nico, who's been up for a golden glove, Hap, uh, Bellinger. For a pitcher, how much confidence does that give you to go out and just throw whatever you need to throw? That, that gives me all the confidence in the world because, I mean, instead of going out there and, you know, trying to make every single pitch the most important pitch, trying to strike them out from strike one, you know, I can go up there and, like, kind of say, please hit it. You know, if you hit it, if I throw one pitch to you, that leaves me 20 other pitches to throw to the other guys, and it gets me deeper in the ball game. But, um, yeah, it's it's nice being able to just kind of, like, like, let the guy hit the ball and, you know, the guys behind me are, you know, a lot of, a lot of hardware behind me, so they're going to make the play. Now, you got a really interesting staff. Jamison Tyone's new this year, and I heard he's a really good teammate. Mm -hmm. You guys get to talk a little bit about uh, different grips and what you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. Me and me and J-Mo are talking on the bench all the time, watching people pitch. We're all, all the starters are always communicating about pitching and stuff. Now, I know for a fact that one of your hobbies is video games. Mm -hmm. What is the video game that you feel that you could beat pretty much anybody at? A lot of them. Uh, there's, it's a list of them. It's a list. It's a list. Uh, NBA 2K, MLB The Show, um, Fortnite, Apex, Call of Duty. Is Cole Franklin really as bad at MLB The Show as some people make him out to be? <laughs> That's hilarious. I've actually played with Cole before on MLB The Show, and we had like a 4 nothing lead in the ninth inning, and he was pitching the ninth, and he absolutely blew it. <laughs> Now, now, Justin, I mean, I think, you know, you've kind of mentioned you, you're, you're a little bit more of an introvert, quieter mm -hmm. guy. All the media attention, I know that Marquis is, has come down to Mississippi, uh, all that stuff. How do you adjust to kind of the new attention with the media and, and, you know, all that kind of the glare of the spotlight now? Um, yeah, I'm definitely naturally introverted. Um, not one of them guys that's going to, you know, go out of my way to make conversation, but I'm very open to having conversation. If people come up to me, I'm more than willing to talk about anything. Um, but, yeah, very naturally introverted. But, you know, as far as media and stuff goes, I, I'd like to think I'm good at, good at answering questions and, you know, giving, you know, cl like good, clear answers just so people understand where I'm coming from and stuff. So it really doesn't bother me as far as uh, the media and stuff goes. But, you know, definitely like to keep to myself for the most part. Yeah, and, and you know, Marquis asks you to do stuff like Bay versus ball players. is that yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Some of, that, some of that stuff's fun. Yeah. yeah, you got to do that with like, Keegan yeah, and Keegan Edward Alzelay. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just kind of going through the videos, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Justin Steele has a skill I was not aware of. Now, I'm not a big country fan. I know we do have a lot of country fans here. I just didn't know that you could sing Eric, Eric Church Homeboy so well. I mean... Could you give a few bars for any, 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 I heard you do it. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> May, John, can you die? No, no, no. Well, Justin, you know, this has been a really fun year so far, and, and, and we're going to take some questions from the crowd. Who's got the extra mic? Mr. Flanagan, do we have a mic? And, and I think the birthday girl should get the first question. Birthday girl's right there. Happy birthday, Rachel. Happy birthday. She's always cheering you guys at the yeah, bowl. Yeah, You know that. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's right there. Oh, we, got, we got any questions? Is this homeboy? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I... Oh, baby. <laughs> I didn't play anything. I Who's got the mic? I haven't had enough to drink to be singing. <laughs> Okay. All right, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, so I know there was a game last year that John Lester came to watch you. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering what your connection has been with him and what your conversations have been like. Um, all the conversations have kind of been through Rossi, or like Rossi's the one coordinating it, setting it up and stuff. But, yeah, he had the uh, start last year towards the end of the year. Um, against the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, it was kind of in the middle of that run I was having on the second half, and John Lesher was in the locker room beforehand and stuff. You know, I went up to him, told him thank you for reaching out to Rossi and, you know, giving me a few tidbits and stuff to, you know, help me and take, you know, the right steps in the right direction and whatnot. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a great relationship. You know, he's offering information when he wants to and stuff, and, you know, I'm going to take whatever he has. Could you see him being a pitching coach one day? No. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, any other questions? I have a follow-up. Oh, follow-up. Also, I'm a big fan of Wicks in the minors. Yeah. And I'm wondering what your relationship with him is. We've we've met a handful of times, spring training, Cubs Con. Um, we've also played some video games together through, like, Cole Franklin and stuff. He's an awesome guy, awesome guy. Awesome, thanks. No problem. All righty, who else has a question here? Little, up. Oh, go ahead. I just want to say my son is a 9U travel baseball player right now. What advice would you give a child at 9 years old to kind of continue on to make it to the big leagues? Um, at 9, I would say just have fun. Make sure you're playing multiple sports, multiple positions. Um, you know, the main thing is just having fun at that age. Uh, I remember when I was 9 years old, and I didn't really care what position I was playing. I could have been on the mound, outfield first. It really didn't matter to me. I just really enjoyed being on the field with my teammates, competing and, you know, hitting and throwing, just, you know, being out there playing with the guys. So I would say at 9 years old is just about having fun, build, build, building the bond with the teammates and, you know, learning to compete. I know you said you played basketball earlier. Did you ever play one-on-one -on -one with Brennan? I heard Brennan's quite the player. I haven't played one-on-one -on -one with Brennan. Ever since we've been drafted, though, so it's probably not a good idea for us to play because Cubs would not be happy to hear 
No, okay, the, the no. Cubs would not be happy to hear that Justin Steele and Brennan Davis were playing a serious game, a pickup basketball. Now, 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 no basketball, but maybe golf with Brennan? Yes, I have golf with Brennan. I totally missed that. All righty, who else has a question? <laughs> I got one. I go got ahead, one. right here. We got one. Uh, for me, I like to know how um, our pitchers on our team click, what makes them work, um, little things that they do to, like, reset or just anything. I just like to watch how our pitchers work, and I like to, you know, observe what they're doing and try and incorporate things that they do into what I do to make myself better because, I mean, for me, I feel like there's something to learn from everybody you encounter, so that's kind of how I look at it. So. What they're doing, I, I like to go out there and watch how they warm up before games and stuff, and like, like kind of incorporate it. And it's good that the all of us are starting to do it together now. Yeah. 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 I think we have a question from the Salsa King. How awesome was Saturday coming off the mound? Saturday was awesome. It, it was really awesome. Um, pitching at Wrigley is definitely like the most fun thing to do, especially when it's going your way. Uh, you can't really you can't really put a price on it. It's it's a lot of fun. How challenging was it in those conditions and sorry how things turned out that game. <laughs> do what? I said how challenging was it in those conditions and sorry how things turned out that day. Oh no, uh the uh the weather I wasn't really worrying about. Um there was a few times the wind would pick up and it would like kinda of push me over a little bit, but as far as that stuff goes, like the wind was blowing in so as a pitcher, I'm like, I can kind of let them hit it in the air, like let them hit it as far as they want. It's going to be hard to get one out of the yard that day. So when that kind of stuff's happening, I kind of just adjust how I'm pitching a little bit and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it was really good to get out there and get the first one under my belt and have a good one and stuff and do my job. Good job. Thank you. All right, we have a question right here. Go ahead. And how, how, what, what kind of coach is Tommy Hadovy? Because we hear all sorts of interesting things about him. As a pitching coach, what would you say really kind of makes him stand out? I would say what makes uh, Tommy stand out is how adaptive he is. He knows every pitcher is different, so he kind of is able to, you know, articulate different ways to, like, go about bringing something to your attention. So, like, he's going to talk to he's going to talk to me differently than he talks to Jameson or Stroh. Um, I would say that's what Tommy's really, really good at, is being able to identify how people click and um, say the right things to them. Senor Esparza, por favor. Sí, tengo una pregunta para Justin. ¿Hablas español? Sí. Sí, so. <laughs> you like the pitch clock or not? Uh, the other day I had two violations. Um, I, but I wasn't paying attention to the clock. I was just kind of, you know, going through what I do, looking at, like, trying to get my sign and stuff, and then all of a sudden it's hitting zero, and the umpire was 
you know, making a scene about it and stuff. But I wrote I mean, it down on my end. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but as you know, as far as me, like I wasn't even paying attention to it. But you know, obviously the two blunders or whatever, but not that big of a deal for me. And how much do you like Pitchcom using the, that, that? I love the Pitchcom. I love the Pitchcom. Yeah, like getting getting a strikeout or something, or the balls being thrown around the infield to go ahead and like him to like press a button, already have the pitch before I even step on the mound. Like I think that's really cool. Great. Any other? Oh, we got a question right here. What's your favorite color? Blue. <laughs> that was an easy one. What about this guy right here? Okay, let's hear him. Baseball. Um, I mean, I was really young when I probably picked up a ball and bat and stuff, but I believe four years old is when I first, like, started league ball. Who makes me what? Laugh. laugh. Who makes me laugh oh, the this, most? This probably Albert. Probably Albert Alzale. He's pretty funny. start I usually get to the field around three hours before uh, first pitch that gives me plenty of time to you know get breakfast in me um, get my pregame routine going like foam rolling just you know get my body warmed up and you know prepared to you know throw however many pitches I need to throw and then um, yeah it usually takes me like two hours to get through like my pregame eating and all that stuff and then I usually start walking on the field probably 30 to 40 minutes before the game starts start warming up getting my arm loose and then I usually I'm usually done with my pregame bullpen like 10 minutes before the game starts and then I walk back to the dugout sit down and just wait for the first pitch and then go out there and get it done I'm, I'm not really superstitious or anything I like to uh I like to treat it as a normal day. I don't really like listen to music or anything. I just like talk to everybody, just treat it like a normal day at the office. I'll tell you something, though, is that when I first saw you, I'm like, this is a quiet guy. I bet he's like Kyle Hendricks. And then you get on the mound, and you're screaming and yelling, especially like big strikeouts or something, man. You seem to be like a pretty fierce competitor. Mom, would that be an accurate statement? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, what, what, you think so? What about in fantasy football? As competitive? Yes. yes. Probably, probably the most competitive. I think there was an incident on the field where somebody punched somebody. What was yeah. it, Jock Peterson? Yeah, or? Jock Peterson got slapped by Tommy Pham. You're not going to take I was, it? I was not in that league. Okay, and you're not going to take it that yeah, far. Yeah. Okay, all righty. Questions? Allie. I think it'd be really cool to pitch at Fenway. That's another historic ballpark. Um, other than that, I can't really think of one that I'm like just itching to pitch at. Um, I'm always open to going to new ballparks, though. Every time I go to a new ballpark, I like to get in the dugout and like take a picture. You know, I obviously want to go to all 32 ballparks. I think that'd be really cool. Captain, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> For the record, he did not say that. Um, okay, okay. A guy that you have to circle in your lineup or circle in their lineup every time and like pay really close attention to is Paul Goldschmidt because mm. 
it doesn't matter if there's anybody on, he can change the score and really quickly. And you can't you can't be just serving up cookies to him or like you got to be really careful with how you pitch to him because if he's if he's sitting on the pitcher throw and you throw it over the plate, it's getting whacked. So you got to be really cautious with Paul Goldschmidt. Captain Cubo. Nothing specific. Um, obviously, love the pizza, deep dish, um, tavern style. Libby and I love both of them. Um, we love the food just in general. We love going downtown to the nice restaurants down there. Good Italian, good seafood here. Chicago has like a little bit of everything to offer, and that's why I love it. All right, you are a proud father of a little guy named Bo, mm-hmm. and and how much fun is it that he gets to kind of be around the ballpark, be around Wrigley? How much? enjoyment does that bring to you and did that give you more focus after he was born as a pitcher oh yeah i mean having a kid definitely gives you a whole different outlook and different perspective on things um definitely something definitely changed uh once he was born and stuff definitely had a different focus going into work and whatnot um but i mean it's been amazing you know it's coming home from uh the field every day and you know seeing him he's smiling and stuff it'll it'll make whatever bad day you have it'll just wash it right away so it's always fun you know i love being a dad yeah make you forget all about paul goldschmidt any uh, any other (laughs) questions go ahead yeah so i guess what mode are you playing what system are you on i'm on i'm on uh playstation 5 i got uh PlayStation 5, got a, got a nice point guard, a nice point guard build I use. I got a big man. I got a few builds I use. Yeah, I mean, we can do it. We can do it anytime. Yeah. This guy's the biggest hustler on that, so just be careful. Okay. Aramis, okay. Aramis just, just, I'm just telling you, don't, don't let him look innocent. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul Johnson. Yeah. It was just a uh, common ground for Libby and I. Um, it also put me a, a lot closer to the facility and um, being able to be hands-on with the staff day in and day out, um, not being across the country from, uh, you know, the strength staff, pitching coaches and whatnot, you know, being able to go into the facility every day and, you know, I'm throwing bullpens right in front of them. I'm not having to, like, try and get somebody to video it and send it to them and then, you know, that kind of stuff. So it was nice to be hands-on with them day in and day out. Any other questions? Um, everybody's liking that the games are faster. The, I would say the problem is, is, uh, some umpires try like, they try to take over the game almost and like be real stifflers about things when, you know, the nature of the game is kind of like, you know, it's like a bigger situation. So you need a little more, like the pitcher needs more time to think or the hitter needs more time to, you know, gather himself. You know, them situations, I think, you know, there needs to be, whether it's adding like three more seconds to the clock or, you know, just, you know, having a little bit of leeway when the moments start to happen, say it's late in the game or turn it off in the ninth inning or something. I would say that's kind of been the, the big thing. But all the guy, everybody loves that it's speeding the games up. And they're talking now about the automatic balls and strike, where you, the challenge system. Yeah, the challenge, yeah, yeah. Have you guys, I don't think well, you've experienced the, well, that. 
So my question is, would the pitcher have a challenge? So here's the way it's going to work, is that the only people, managers cannot challenge. It's the pitcher, the catcher, or the hitter. And you have to do it immediately, no looking at anything, and then it will automatically come up to the board, and it will look like a tennis. It'll show you exactly where it is. But you only have a limited amount. I'm, yeah, I'm into that. All right, you're in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other questions? Uh, is there anyone that didn't get to ask a question? All right, Justin, we appreciate you coming Thank here. Thank you all. Thank you all. We appreciate you being at Club 400. Thank you all so much. And Stuart, thank you for hosting and letting us kind of ask some questions here. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I was wondering what that noise was upstairs. I was like, what is going on up there? It was Lauren and her friends. I was like, tell those guys to quit jumping around. I was like, I thought we were having a hurricane down here, a tornado. <laughs> We're, hey, Salsa King, everybody's going home with a bowl of salsa tonight? Yeah. Make sure you take care of the Steele family and Justin, too. We'll give them some chips to go. But, yeah, Salsa King has been great to us. Uh, where's Matt Camera? We'd like to bring Matt up here. Can you come up real quick, Matt? I just contacted Debbie. We're going to do the winner. I got to have, have to have Debbie sign the wall, Justin, so you'll be down here forever. And then, um, yeah, we have the, everybody say hi to Matt Kammerer, everybody. So Matt has helped us raise a lot of uh, money at Club 400 with his awesome artwork. He did an original tonight, Justin Steele. It was online. I hope you guys saw it. We just closed the auction at 830. Uh, I just text Deb to find out upstairs. But why don't you show that to everybody and tell us a little bit about what you do here. So there's the original, guys. Uh, Justin will be signing this. Um, it's marker and uh, Prismacolor pencil, and this is a one-of-one one original. So, yeah. And then we're going to do the raffle. Uh, we'll do the raffles. And then, but I think we'll just, uh, we'll get Justin. To, well, we have to find out who the winner of, of that is. So uh, if, if any of uh, my family or anybody can 